And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Hurley. Hey, we're getting better. We're not as ignorant as we once were. It's out. Our Speak ben- for yourself. Our benchmark, <laughs> our benchmark is yeah. out right here. Is it? The 2023 Annenberg Constitutional Day Civic Survey. Oh, three branches of government. Yep. Remember, it was last year or the year before, the majority of Americans could not name all three branches. Right. And two of them that they did name were the dairy and the meat branch. (laughs) (laughs) That's encouraging. If your family tree (laughs) doesn't branch. If you have a branch in your family tree you might be a redneck uh this (laughs) the family log (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking about that with uh foxworth jeff foxworth the other day you know, it's really the thing that makes him different is the way that he changes his voice. Mm-hmm. And he does it a lot, but that was really where you it was accentuated. You know, yeah. if you, if you <laughs> ever. Yeah. And that really adds to, that makes him completely and totally unique. And he does it, another thing. And then the other day. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and it's that raising and lowering the voice that he yeah. does so well. Like but. the Clampets go to Maui. So I just... <laughs> I I heard that bit the other day. I love that bit. I don't want to sit by the window on the airplane because I just had my hair done. (laughs) (laughs) You might be a redneck. All right, here we go. 66% of Americans can name the three branches of government. Wow, remember, that's though, almost half. No, remember, the, it, <laughs> remember it fluctuates. One Because this happened before. One year it was better than the next year, and it's like... One year it, it, it was actually close to this... No, One year it was a lot better, and then I think it was last year or the year before well, where it went to over 50% could not name all three I want to say, in fact, it was it had flipped. 
uh, several years ago. Yes, it did. It yes. was the majority, 60-something percent, could not name the three branches of government. It was over 50%. Yeah, I know yeah, I know yeah, it was the majority. I, yeah, it was over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so but, but we're getting better this year. Yeah. Two-thirds of Americans can name all three branches of government. 10% can only list two. Another 7% can name only one. And an astounding 17% could not name a single branch of government. And 1% said, what is the government? <laughs> so really, you have 34% that can't name now. That's a huge, I mean, that's like a 20-point swing this is, from the other. This is after legalization. Think about yes, it. after post. That's, that's wow. fairly, fairly All promising. Right. All right. Fairly promising. Hey, dude, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm really, really high, and I started thinking, yeah. what makes our government different than others? Why is our Constitution uh, 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 different here? Hey, hey, man. Give me the bong, will you, hey, please? Man. You, hey, a- so uh, the Supreme Court, that's the one that has sour cream, right, man? <laughs> Meanwhile, mm-hmm. now... This is a little bit of a bummer. Okay. Meanwhile, when respondents were asked to name all the rights guaranteed by the First Amendment to the Constitution, most Americans, only 77% could name one. All right. Yeah. All right. And and what was what was the one that they could name? The first? I don't know. <laughs> Freedom of speech. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what. Where I was going with it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. The the one that we get to do. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> Only between midnight and five. Yeah. Um I don't know. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. I would love I would love to have had data from 
I don't know, 60, 70 years ago. You know? My dad would have been uh, 70 years ago. My dad would have been uh, 21, actually, already have served at wartime. Your dad would have been in his 20s. And I'd love to see a survey of that generation and what they what they were aware of compared to, to now. And think about the amount of information we have available to us in the palm of our hand at any, at, at will, at what, whatever we want right now. It's getting to the point that the concern is that the AI will actually take over our lives. We have so much information available to us. And I, because my thought is, if I were to bet, that when you talk about this kind of survey, the numbers would have been so much higher when our dads were in their 20s. Maybe yeah, I'm wrong, well, I'll, but I... I'll, it, I'll tell you one that, thing that does, uh, that I find interesting, mm-hmm. is that, you know, for the three branches of, of, of government, I mean, you you have to basically know, you know, the, the you know, you have to understand the Constitution. Yeah. And if you understand the three branches of government, then you understand what makes us what makes us different. It was one of the first things that was explained to me by my dad when I was extremely young, probably in elementary school. Mm. So you knew the difference. Right. And when you talked about, you know, the executive, judicial and uh, and legislative branch, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then you broke it down, mm-hmm. you know, the legislative legislative branch, the bicameral legislature, Senate house, whatever. And so you knew how, you know, that was, you know, how that was done. Then you had the judicial, then you had the executive, and then you were taught the reason for all of that and the separation, separation of, of powers, powers yeah. Yeah. is so power is not concentrated in one particular area. And for us, it was explained so we didn't have a one-party communist system like in Russia. Right. Where the court, you know, you may have courts that exist, but they're really powerless compared to the one party system there or a dictatorship mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, you, you, uh, you know, happen to have, which is more authoritarian or, right. you know, uh, uh, royalty. Right. You know, whatever, which is to me, there's no difference. It's really a, a dictatorship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you look at that and you go, okay, that's. I find it interesting that normally Americans know because they always talk about what their rights are, the rights, Mm -hmm. the rights, the rights, the rights, the rights. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that the First Amendment, which is, you know, so many of the rights that we hold dear, Mm -hmm. that 77 percent of Americans can't tell you that it, you know, it's freedom of speech, Mm -hmm. freedom of press. Mm hmm. Um, uh, freedom of, uh, of, of religion, mm-hmm. uh, the right for people to assemble except for COVID or unless you're, uh, you know, protesting leftist causes mm-hmm. and the, uh, ability to petition the government, uh, for redress of grievance, which by the way, really interesting that when you look at, you know, a lot of the, when you look at, um, you know, January 6th and all of, of, uh, of that, um, you just wonder, and you know, down the road, the people that didn't plead guilty, whether 
because uh, everybody wasn't involved in it, but some of the people that were arrested will be able to use that and say, my, for, my First Amendment rights. Because you really don't, you see people suing for freedom of speech and freedom of religion. Mm-hmm. You really don't, and maybe even the right to assemble, you'll see that. Mm. But when was the last time you heard about a suit of people petitioning, where I was trying to petition the government for redress of grievances because nobody would listen. So I was getting loud. Mm. Because where is he, when you think about that, where is the limit? Yeah, of, where's the line? Where Where's the limit to petition the government for redress of grievances? Now, we did say that, for example, when, when uh, McCain-Feingold came up, Mm-hmm. And and uh, you had you had uh, 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 well that you know corporations corporations and groups of people don't have freedom of speech, right? And we went well. Wait a minute. If you combine the two, the right of the people to assemble, does that just mean in person, or does that mean people getting together and pooling their money? I mean, can you combine? You, can you combine all the First Amendment rights into one, or are they all separate? I believe you can combine them. You can have freedom of speech, and at the same time, with your freedom of speech, you get together with other groups of people and assemble, and then you pull your money together, whether you're in a union, whether you're in a corporation, mm-hmm. whether you're in whatever you're in. Or you in, form your own group. Or, or you form your own group, mm-hmm. or the the, uh, the NRA, mm-hmm. environmental groups, whatever, because right. freedom of speech is not uh, exclusive to what I support. Right. And and so, but you, you know, you put it that way, we want to express our freedom of speech, and then we want to get all the people that agree with us, and we want to speak together, and then we want to pool our money together in order to buy uh, ads, uh, you know, get lawyers, be able to sue, do whatever we can to petition the government you know, for a redress of, of grievances. Mm-hmm. I've always looked at that and said, well, you can combine all of those together, but you really don't see lawsuits that have ever really done that. No, And, and no. I've always thought, because remember, when we used to argue McCain-Feingold, corporations don't have rights, corporations aren't people. Yeah, and and I and I still you yeah know, the, when, the first when, amendment only applies to individuals and, and the second amendment only applies to groups and and I always, <laughs> and and well I no but is, I didn't, is what they tried but, to but argue. I didn't think that the Supreme Court necessarily by stating that because they were arguing the point is a corporation a person well of mm-hmm. course a corporation isn't a person but I think what they were try, attempting to say is a corporation is made up of people mm-hmm. as we've always stated right because right. a corporation is a set of laws. Mm-hmm. And the people that decide to get involved with those set of laws that is set down to run a business entity by the government, they don't lose their right uh, to freedom of speech. They also don't lose their right, which is putting their money together to petition the government for a redress of grievances. It's a slam dunk constitutional argument I just gave there. Mm -hmm. And that's why when you had... McCain go along with it, or I never forget when I worked for our great affiliate KXL in Portland, Oregon, and Russ Feingold came on to try mm-hmm. to defend it. Mm-hmm. And I was on with the the great Lars Larson. I stayed over for his show, and he was actually interviewing him, and I'm the one that got into an argument with him. Yeah. I said, Lars, let me stay over on your show with you. And, and he was not happy at all, because I finally said, who the hell do you think you are to define 
freedom of speech as an individual that isn't in the Constitution. He was not happy. Feingold with me wasn't all. happy. Uh, Lars not, was. Oh, no, not Lars. Lars yeah. No, no. Feingold no, wasn't. No. Yeah, 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 Lars, Lars got was, a kick out of it. Yeah. Oh, no, Lars. No, no. Well, Lars and, got a great kick out of it. And, you know, and those are the things that we look back at, at George W. Bush and signing it. Right. I know parts of it are unconstitutional. Then don't sign it. You're talking about the damn First Amendment, which means something. I'll let the court decide it. Yeah, that's why I use the word damn. It means something to me. There's a lot of passion involved in defending the rights of the Constitution. Right. In fact, I think I, as if I were president, I would be bound by that. And I would say, I am not signing this. And if there is, uh, you know, enough votes for a veto override, then so be it. But I'm not signing it. So, yeah, I find it amazing that 77% of Americans can only name one right in the First Amendment, which is freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Hey, when you think about it, you know, one, two, three, the other four rights. Right. 77% of Americans don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess there's, I, there, I, I have to, maybe I should be happy that you've got two thirds that now, uh, uh, understand the you know the three branches of government which means hopefully they understand the separation of powers which is also a huge point there's a huge point to that also because uh you know that i believe is something critical for people to understand before you say the united states sucks you should be able to explain what makes it suck and well, or, or or what makes it different and why another form of, of how to legislate or how to govern is better whether it's especially when you start talking about totalitarian communism more socialist communist societies and even a parliamentary society well it's and it's how you also get to the point of people saying well you shouldn't have the free speech on everything that if i if you say something i disagree with you that should be or that that i disagree with that should be governed Uh, and there is no free speech well and exactly and and they also they also will generally speaking apply rights where they don't exist and then it gets into the you know i mean they count on anybody in office on the left to to take basically take that challenge to the supreme court and the arguments get insane very quickly and it's not that difficult to understand if you're paying attention but in today's world we ignore too many are willfully ignorant. As I pointed out, we have all the information we need. Even beyond what you learn in your home or a classroom, you can still learn if there is a will to learn it. Now I'm looking at the Second Amendment here. Mm-hmm. Let me see. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, Mm-hmm. The right of the people to keep and bear arms mm-hmm. shall not be infringed. Mm-hmm. Well, the people means just a state-organized militia, obviously. Yes, it's only about a group. And right. First, and first Amendment's first only, Amendment's about, only about, about an person. individual. Right. <laughs> 866-90-RED-EYE. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by House Products. Tested, trusted, guaranteed since 1920. Continued expanded investments in conservation and clean energy. 
Agriculture Secretary Todd Vilsack Tuesday at the Axios Sustainability and Food Insecurity event talked about the need to continue such investments through a new farm bill and other funding avenues. The ability to preserve the conservation resources and the ability to conserve the resources that are dedicated to sustainable aviation fuel, dedicated to renewable energy production, and the transition of rural co-ops to renewable energy as opposed to fossil fuel generated energy. All of that is critically important. Increased investments over the past year included more funding and technical assistance within several natural resources conservation service programs, the U.S. Forest Service's Urban and Community Forestry Program, and rural development clean energy programs, such as powering affordable clean energy. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report brought to you by Cenex Fuels and Lubes. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up following the bottom of uh, the hour, the latest uh, on the uh, writer strike. Just mm-hmm. to update you a little bit, writers and producers are near an agreement to end the Writers Guild of America strike after meeting face-to-face on Wednesday. Now, the interesting thing is they say, but if they don't get the deal done today, it's likely to continue through the end of the year. So what would cause that? Well, they, well what, they're what, hoping to finalize it sometime today, but they, yeah, they don't, what they're yeah. saying is, not if they don't finalize it, yeah, they, there's there's not a lot of details on it. Uh, David Faber at CNBC was reporting right. on it on social media yesterday, and, and CNBC basically did their story based on what he was reporting. But they're saying that if they don't finalize it today, that it likely would go through the end of the year. Which makes me wonder, what is that negotiating right, point that's right. do or die? Or right, yeah. And it, why Why couldn't they keep working and get it done? branch of government, Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, All right, this is uh, really interesting. We have our audio cut of the day, which is not on the Merrick Garland stuff. Because I, I right. there was a, a, another hearing that took place yesterday, and it's... You know, we, we've spent a lot of time talking about electric vehicles and how ridiculous, uh, you know, it, it is and how the government is mandating uh, electric vehicles, you know, be built based on the regulations they're putting in, a product that the American public is not looking for and the American public can't afford. Well, Representative Doug uh, LaMafla yesterday had Pete Buttigieg above him and they had a discussion 
on electric vehicles, and here's how it went. I was found it interesting here earlier on the price of electric vehicles that an F-150 is 50000 now because it's about 10000 higher. It should be because of supply chain and a COVID shutdown that was much longer than it should have been. So you can see an F-150 at fifty grand, but you can see the Lightning version up to all electric is about seventy to eighty grand. I can you can look that right up. So EV vehicles are going to be much costlier than the same equivalent, same size of a uh, internal combustion vehicle. So that's a reality that consumers are going to face as they get pushed out of having the choices. Is what Mr. Perry was saying. Ford is losing their rear end on these things right now, and that's going to have to affect the price of everything else as well as the jobs. So the, the thing that it comes down to is that we're going to have to make them here, we're going to let China make them. Well, even China making them is something that people aren't asking for unless they have a free choice. So what I want to get at, Mr. Secretary, first, why are we doing all this? Is it high-speed rail? Is it because we're chasing a, a few tons of CO2? All these electric vehicles, because we're chasing CO2, is that really the whole deal? Here's the way I look at it. The EV revolution is happening with or without us. Exercising their free choice, Americans have tripled the proportion of cars that they are purchasing electric already. And we're Okay, I just want to stop it there. What does that mean, an electric vehicle revolution is happening with or without us? He wants to paint this picture of if we're not going to jump on this now as a matter of policy, we're going to be left behind. And that is blatantly, completely from start to finish false. Yeah. And the fact that if you say we've tripled it, well, we've gone from 1% to 3%. Right. And, and that group of people are all rich. Yep. The middle class and the poor are not buying electric vehicles. They can't afford them. I just wanted to stop it right there, though, because when he said. And when he says exercising their free choice. Yeah, but when we're talking about mandates, that won't be a choice. Right. Let's continue here. We're still at the very outset of this revolution. You add to the fact that the cost of producing the cars will come down and that if you've ever driven one, you probably know that it has superior performance lower maintenance costs, lower cost of, of, uh, of fueling it. Not in my rural uh, and district, moving because parts. I have to drive many, many miles. And I can't, people don't want to come to my district so much because they can't count on being able to charge their vehicle if they want to go way up to Modoc County or something. So Yeah, for sure. If, if, you're, if you're driving uh, more than a couple hundred miles a day, uh, then you really depend on that charging infrastructure, some of which isn't there. On the other hand, the vast majority of Americans uh, will do what Chaston and I do, which is we uh, we got a uh, hybrid plug-in minivan. We just charge it in the garage, and it, it does what we need uh, for most purposes. But, but anyway, the point is to, to get to that very important question you asked. Why, if, if EVs are coming anyway, why have a policy intervention? Well, why spend forced. taxpayer money? They're the answer is forced. this. They're being forced by government. No, nobody's being forced. The CEOs of these corporations don't have a spine. They're all falling in line. I don't know if you sat down with these CEOs, but uh, I would say they're, they're pretty tough and smart. No, they're scared of Washington, D.C. You know, years ago when the mandate was to have 54 and a half mile per gallon average, oh, we can do that by the year 20, was it 22 or whatever. No way in hell they can hit tw- that before all this electric stuff started happening. It was 25, I think. You know what a 54 and a half mile per gallon uh, internal combustion vehicle looks like? It's about this big. Okay, so yeah, nobody you know, wants those. Nobody wants these electric vehicles unless you're an elite that can afford them. People in my district sure as hell don't want them. So keep going. Why are we doing this? Is it over CO2? Yeah, we're doing it for three reasons. 
even though the EV revolution is going to happen anyway. Oh, stop it. Yeah. (laughs) Then let it happen. Right. Then why do you need the mandates? Right. I mean, just stop and stop with the lies. All right, I'm just, it just drives me crazy because he keeps referring to this point that it's going to happen anyway. The revolution. So oh, stop it. You sound like a commercial. How much are you getting paid? All right, I just said I had to stop it there. Let's continue. Well, it's That's a revolution like, cause. I would love to be able to answer your question, Congressman. Yeah, okay. Even though we think that transition is happening in the automotive sector no matter what, there are three things that we think are not guaranteed. Will it happen quickly enough to materially help with climate change? Will it happen on equitable terms that are available to people who aren't wealthy and okay, might not be able to? short on time. So if I could just please finish my answer. Let's drill on the climate change. Just finish the third. Uh, Will it be made on, on American soil It's about CO2, isn't it? How's what that? Percent, what percent of the atmosphere is CO2 that we're chasing here? I'm sorry? What percent of the atmosphere is CO2 that we're chasing here? Because you talked about climate change. I, I don't know the percentage of atmospheric gases. You don't know the percent of the atmosphere. What I can tell you is that climate change is real. We got to do something about it. Yeah, this one's and called been... autumn, sir. So, I'm sorry, this one's called autumn right now. So, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I couldn't make out what you said, sir. This climate change right now is called autumn. Yes. Yeah, that's that's the seasons changing, which mm-hmm. respectively is not the same thing as the climate changing. And as somebody who is hoping to retire in the 2050s and who has kids who will be old enough to ask me as they're getting to their 30s whether we did enough to deal with climate change or whether we just did what was convenient. I take that really seriously. Reclaiming my time. Thank you, Mr. Secretary. The trillions and trillions we're going to cost our kids to chase a tiny percentage of CO2 will bankrupt all of us, unbankrupt our economy, and ship it to China for all the other reasons. And he's right. The congressman is right. Yep. And your kids won't be able to retire. And so what do you do? I have no idea. I don't know what the science is. I don't know what the CO2 percentage is. But... When my kids, I'm going to use the emotional argument. When my kids, when I retire in 2050, and I want my kids to know that we have a world that we can live in. Because you can't defend the substance of one damn thing. Well, he, he defeated his own argument. He keeps repeating this stupid line about the EV revolution is going to happen with or without us. Well, what do you mean, with or without us, with or without the government? The government doesn't need to be a part of a private sector revolution. If there is a demand for products, then that demand will be organic and we don't need to spend taxpayer money on it. It will happen without the government. In fact, I when you say with or without us, and you're saying us, as somebody who is in the central government, I would say I choose without us. Yeah. He doesn't even understand the stupid point that he's making works against their own argument. By the way, what's the argument that electric vehicles will come down in price? I I don't know who's making that case. If you're talking about making golf cart size electric vehicles, which we call golf carts, well, look, there are some things, electronics, that come down in price. Mm. We've seen it, for example, with, you know, with the modern flat screen TVs. Mm-hmm. We've seen them come down. Mm-hmm. When in the history of vehicles have they come down in price? Right. You right now, because remember. Well, because tell, rem- tell me that no, this is going to no, be the last mandate. No, because remember. 
the first automobiles that were sold were sold at a profit. Mm-hmm. It was because why? Because it was the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Here you have electric vehicles that cannot make a profit, even with massive government subsidies. How is that a revolution? Is a revolution a central government? I think maybe it is. I mean, it's a communist revolution. It's, is, a, is a revolution uh, in technology and industry the government deciding what we want where the people have not decided that they want an right. electric vehicle? And by the way, did you see when he was talking about the average American? This is one thing I caught. The average American will be like him and his husband who mm-hmm. have the hybrid electric vehicle in their garage that they charge. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even know that hybrids are gone. Oh, yeah, that's not even going to be a part of the, the equation. The hybrid's not going to be part of the equation anymore. So his solution to solve a problem is, and remember, he's with the Department of Transportation supposed to be able to sell this stuff. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even know what the heck they're selling. They're right. not selling hybrids. Right. That's not one of the... New technologies are selling anymore. Hybrids is hybrids are gone. You can still find one. That's not where the government is headed. The government wants fully electric vehicles. And what do you tell the OEMs? Because we're already seeing this happen, where the orders from these dealerships are dropping, and we can't. We don't have any more room on the lots. We don't have a demand for that for these vehicles. So, what happens? Does anybody You can't force people to buy these cars. Does anybody actually believe that Pete Buttigieg has a clue about the the science or the 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 science or the reality of what it takes to manufacture millions of vehicles? No, you you heard this this stupidity in these emotional Hollywood type arguments. Well, when I talk to my children, they're going to ask whether we did what was convenient or we did what was necessary. Thanks, Leo DiCaprio. <laughs> we, because because the revolution is going to happen with us or without us. That's my argument. Thanks, Sally Fields. We got to get this beer to California. Thanks, Burt Reynolds. (laughs) Jerry Reed. (laughs) Here's, but these are the things when you, when you look at it, you take whatever substance out of it. He couldn't even tell you what they're trying to achieve. No, he couldn't. Well, I don't have that information, but when I talk to my children, I don't want them to cry. Then quit feeding them BS. How dare you? Yeah. He didn't even know the amount of you would think that if you're part of the secret you're the Secretary of Transportation, your job is to promote electric vehicles that you would at least have a clue of the science behind it. Uh-huh. Or that that would be a requirement to be somebody who is part of the federal government, the lead person 
on transportation. You're advocating electric vehicles, and you can't even tell us why. And, uh, and I, you can't even you're right. Yeah, outside of the even the job description, where's your conviction? Yeah. Because if we're, we're, I'm going to be if I if if I see myself as an activist in that role then my conviction is going to tower over everything, and I'm going to feed you so many numbers, your head's right. going to spin. Right. Where's Where's your thirst for your so-called scientific uh, evidence, the thirst for the knowledge to be able to have that, to have a slam-dunk argument besides the emotional crap that you're throwing at Congress? Right. By the, the way, EV revolution is going to happen with us or without us. I choose without us because when you say us as secretary of transportation, that means government. I want the government out of it. Natural demand only. Well, Full stop. You mentioned Jerry Reed and now I can't get Amos Moses out of my head. <laughs> I just can't. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. It will be interesting to see. Uh, really not a lot of information uh, given out y- yesterday. I think it was CNBC that had the first had the story on uh, the WGA and the producers, uh, you know, may have a deal mm-hmm. with the uh, Hollywood companies, and we'll see. Uh, but uh, what I found interesting, and you saw the same David Faber tweet, because that's really mm-hmm. where it really came from, right? is where he said that uh, if they don't have a deal today, mm-hmm. This doesn't work out. They probably won't have a deal till the end of the year. And right. I just wonder what is that's got to be something pretty big. Yeah, I don't know what that, that sunset is or what that why today, you know, it, it, in other words, I don't know why they couldn't keep working and reach a deal next week. But uh, if that is the case, then we'll know soon enough. Uh, finalizing the deal is going to be a big deal. Uh, the, but the A.I. thing, you know, the thing is, we think yeah. of. The the big names in Hollywood, and it's the others that make everything happen. And what they're saying is, AI is just going to put me out of work, you know. And I I think it's look with the advent of CGI, a lot of that was happening already, you know. Like if they do a baseball movie, sometimes the stadium looks full, but they're using CGI to fill the seats. So you know. That's part of the the whole AI thing and those concerns. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together... It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? (laughs) You pay me more. Jeff Smith teaches on the sliding scale. (laughs) Those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.